Hello and welcome to Things We Use, the Pro Balance podcast, looking at our return to physical things in the digital age and much more. In this week's episode, we're going to be taking a look at privacy. Is there a desire for it still? And if so, is it even achievable? Whether we're recognizing them or not, we're engaging in small privacy behaviors every single day. So that could be the lowering of your voice during intimate conversations or leaving a group of people to take a personal call or even tilting a computer screen so it's protected from other eyes. But basically, to answer the first question straight away, we do care about privacy. And uh, according to the 2020 Journal of Consumer Psychology paper, uh, which is named uh, very catchy, uh, Secrets and Likes to Drive for Privacy and the Difficulty of Achieving it in the Digital Age, The available research suggests that we definitely want it. In fact, a 2013 Pew survey showed that an overwhelming majority, 86% of surveyed US adults, reported having taken steps online to remove or mask their digital footprints. Not only that, another survey by DuckDuckGo in 2017 found that 46% of 5,710 US participants had used private browsing. So clearly the want is there. However, there's a disconnect between our want for privacy and the actions we're actually taking. The benefits of actions such as using an app or accessing a source of information reports the JOCP paper are immediate. So this in comparison to the often delayed uncertain and intangible privacy costs of using set apps means we're less likely to consider our privacy when faced with that choice. We're almost doomed to a state of limited to no privacy should we insist on continuing to use the products that consistently go against it. Apps that listen, devices that track. Convenience is the immediate benefit that puts a chokehold on our ability to regain any sort of privacy. It's something that former Harvard Law professor John Palfrey touched on in his 2008 book Born Digital, which he co-authored, which was a deep dive into the lives of the first generation of digital natives. Most young people are extremely likely to leave something behind in cyberspace that will become a lot like a tattoo, he wrote. Something connected to them that they cannot get rid of later in life, even if they want to. Now, the book argues that very few young people are thinking ahead to gauge the consequences of the data that they are leaving behind. And John states that digital natives in particular are not in a position to make good choices about what their digital dossiers or identities will look like years from now. Instead, the young, he says are focused on living their lives and their lives have a significant online component. I'd say that in 2008 or the years prior when this book was likely being penned, it probably did seem that it was a young set for a scary future of little to no privacy. But as things have progressed, I think that's an argument that no longer applies to just the young. Everyone has willingly, in most cases, built an online version of themselves that's etched into history. It won't go away and, like Palfrey suggests, many of us, if not all of us, have done this without considering the long-term consequences. So with this, it's easy to understand how some have come to question the authenticity of our calls for privacy in the digital age. How much do we really care if we're continuing to use the very things that stripped us of our privacy in the first place? I think the calls for privacy are more calls for social media companies in particular to do better. We want certain levels of privacy and we also want to use their services. And events like the Cambridge Analytica scandal, which saw the data analytics firm harvest millions of Facebook profiles of US voters, have only accelerated these arguments for social media companies to do better, especially where users' privacy is concerned. Another concern is the development of smart devices too. 
Combined with our use of privacy-invading apps, it looks to morph into something of a pipe dream that we should be able to keep certain elements of our lives separate. Now, there has actually been large-scale efforts since to regulate privacy, with the introduction of GDPR in Europe and the California Consumer Privacy Act in the US. But despite these having been put in place, some argue that the jury is still out on the effectiveness of them. In fact, recent studies suggest that Despite GDPR, consumer tracking remains present. And smart devices are only set to evolve this lack of privacy in the workplace and in the home. For example, as we further our way into 2022, the ever-popular Ring will look to debut the Always Home Cam, a $250 drone designed to patrol your house. The drone cam will learn a flight path around your home and be triggered manually or by other Ring Alarm products, reports CNET. There's also the case of smart talking devices we bring into our homes too that listen. So you may have wondered from time to time if Alexa is always listening to you, whether it's a cheap Echo Dot, a high-end Echo Studio or even a third-party Alexa speaker like the Sonos one. Your Alexa device's microphone can be turned off. If you've also ever wondered about why certain adverts appear after you've been talking about them, it's because digital devices can and do listen to conversations in order to market products and services. Now, this is all legal as you choose to agree to this when you accept the terms and conditions, but who really reads those in full anyway? Coming back to Alexa, theambient.com reports that the microphone on your Alexa smart speaker is always active by default and that Alexa doesn't need to hear its wake word in order to activate. Amazon uses technology it calls keyword spotting to listen out for your wake word without actually listening out. Amazon states that Echo devices are designed by default to detect only the sound waves of your chosen wake word and everything else is ignored. All other audio passes through the device until the wake word is caught and set to Amazon's secure cloud, where they say your request is reanalyzed to verify the wake word was spoken. Amazon also says that no audio is stored or sent to the servers unless the smart speaker detects the wake word. But, and there is a but, Alexa interactions are monitored by Amazon employees in order to help Alexa understand the correct interpretation of a request. So on that one, I'll say make your own minds up, but for me, it's pretty scary. With all this being said, I believe if privacy is possible in some form at all, in addition to demanding better from tech companies, achieving it stems from regaining a connection to the offline world. In efforts to regain some sense of privacy, many of us are going offline, flocking to time spent in the tangible world rather than refreshing social feeds or uploading images to Instagram. Now, I'm not talking about abandoning all tech and moving to a cabin in the woods. You can do that if you so wish, but... Managing our time with tech, taking breaks and maybe breaks that are hours or days long, it will help to create these gaps in the collected data. Suddenly, our devices don't know our every waking move, just those when we're around tech or using it. For this to work, though, it will take a massive collective effort. After all, what use is leaving your phone at home for a few hours for the sake of not being tracked when your friend's phone will do exactly the same job? So what's the answer? Tech-free zones, off-the-grid style hangouts... What do you guys think? As always, I'd love to get your thoughts on this one. Privacy is an extremely complicated topic and this podcast episode will have just about covered the smallest section of it. So please feel free to add to the conversation. As always, drop me a line at thingsandwhy at gmail.com or leave a comment below on Instagram. Uh, I'll leave all my social links in the show notes. Anyway, that's it for this week. I'll be taking a short break from the podcast to ready for the next batch of episodes and some other incredibly exciting things I've got coming your way. So stay tuned on the socials and I will catch you in the next one.